Oh, sei, guck mal, Baby. <lacht> I don't know. Did it go? I can't freaking tell. <laughs> All right. Uh, there we go. Can everybody hear me? Give me a thumbs up if you can. All right. Sorry about that, guys. It's a weird intro, but I'll have to adjust that in post. Making more rope work for myself. <laughs> Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, <laughs> Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. It is Monday night if you're watching us on YouTube. May 3rd, the NFL draft is in the books, and we're doing a 1QB rookie mock draft with the Dynasty Warzone Network crew. Uh, before we get to everybody else here, Jake Rip, my co-host. How's it going, Jake? How you feeling? Dude, it's going fantastic. I'm glad the, uh, glad the draft's finally wrapped up. We can put a little bit of context to all these players. But that intro you just laid down was so bad. I'm hoping you actually don't edit it in post-production. So now I just made it that much more difficult for you if that's what you want to do. Oh, man. That was uh, apparently my internet does not like the idea of me running all of these windows at once. So it is what it is, man. We're going to make it work. Uh, so let's kick this thing around the room. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, we got some new faces to the SmackDowns. So if you're a new, if you haven't uh, checked out all of the other DWZ Network shows, you might be meeting these guys for the first time. But get used to it because these guys are going to be filling up your podcast inbox here soon. So uh, let's kick it around the room. Uh, Tyler, why don't you introduce yourself, man? What's up, everybody? At FF Tyler O here, be doing DFS with my man Lou Dog Sports. Sports also in the room. Excited to get talking about these rookies. Partner in crime, Lou. What you got, man? Hey guys, yeah, like Ty said, I'll be doing the DFS with him on the Dynasty Warzone Network, and uh, yeah, at Lou Dog Sports. If you want to follow me, right now it's it's a little less football there in the off season, but it's starting to ramp up now with all these rookie drafts. And speaking of rookies, this guy's been hammered every Sunday night, it seems like, with Memphis. We got Baker, Zach, Wilson, Mayfield <laughs> in, in the lower corner there. What up, Dallas? <laughs> hey, how's it going, everyone? Um, as I said, the name's Dallas. Uh, I am on the rookie rundown with our main man, Memphis, on the Dynasty War Zone feed. Um, catch us every Sunday night talking about rookies. And yes, anyone that's watching the video right now can see I am donning a headband. I came into the chat and immediately got roasted per usual. So it was a good little intro, but I'm excited to get this one QB mock going. And of course, the godfather himself, Memphis from the Dynasty War Zones with us. What up, Memphis? What's happening, guys? How are you all doing tonight? Oh, there it is. You got you got the studio audience. I, I am uh, very excited to be here. And uh, I know uh, Dallas was talking to his uh, lady friend before the show kicked off. Can she get like a Sharpie and put like a Nike swoosh like in the middle of that headband? That'd be sweet. If you're going to go full headband, what you do is like when you're cutting off the sleeves of a, of a sleeveless t-shirt, you just save one of the sleeves and turn that into a, uh, a Deion Sanders type headband. But uh a sweet headband, all the same, for a, uh, I guess, a somewhat sweet rookie class. It was a little, uh, I've done a couple of rookie drafts, and it doesn't take long before you go, oof. Dude, you're not you're not kidding. We're in the middle of one now, and I was sitting there, Not, I mean, you kind of know what you got, but and Memphis has been talking about in the war zone, like, start pairing names with these picks, right, when you're when you're making, trying to make moves. And I have, like, the 202 in a, which we're going to get to here, because today we're doing a two-round 1QB rookie mock. I have the 202 in a one quarterback league and I, I hate it every minute I get closer and closer to that pick. So 
Hopefully, if you guys haven't started your, uh, your rookie drafts yet, maybe you can take advantage of somebody else that doesn't know what that value really looks like uh, when they're on the clock. But we are going to be rolling into a one quarterback rookie mock draft from a dynasty perspective here. It's going to be PPR. But again, just one quarterback here. So you're going to see some different names, obviously, at the top of the board. How we're going to do this is there's six of us in the room uh, tonight. And so we're, we're each going to manage two teams apiece. So they're going to be completely separate of each other. So uh, the draft order will be Lou, myself, Memphis, Tyler, Jake, and Dallas. And then at the 107, Lou will have his second team at 107. And then myself, Memphis, Tyler, Jake, and Dallas. Again, we're going to share the draft board here. I'm going to attempt to on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. Uh, if it doesn't work, then it'll be about as good as my intro. So there you go. But uh, without any further ado, let's just dive into this thing. We got the 101. Lou, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, Najee Harris with this pick. Uh, and it's, you know, the first pick is a little tough in one QB. It's a little different, obviously, than Superflex. But um, I like to go with, a locked in running back and the goal is that Najee Harris will be one of those with uh, the Steelers. As we've seen in the past, they do like to feed the running backs a ton of touches. And um, you know, he seems like the type of running back that fit, would fit that system as well. And in my opinion, I think picking a running back for the long term and trying to stack up and hope one of those hits is um, a little a little better long-term than, than picking a wide receiver who, while Jamar Chase is a great prospect, there's a ton of other wide receivers that you could pick up along the way. So I'm going to go with Najee Harris. All right. You got to love that first round draft capital, obviously uh, being on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so we all knew his landing spot right away. And we, so a lot of people predicted, you know, or we're saying that Steelers were going to take a running back. They did. Uh, so Najee Harris goes at the one one So set that. Uh, here I have the 102. So, and I think this one's pretty easy. If you're sitting at the 102, I think you just take whoever's left of uh, in a one QB league of the elite players. And for me, that's between Harris and Jamar Chase. Uh, so yes, running backs are super valuable, and there's a few guys I really like here. Uh, but I think Chase, you know, he landed with a great quarterback who will have about I don't know 0.25 seconds to throw the ball. But Chase is an absolute monster. He's already a top 12 uh, dynasty. Uh, wide receiver right now at ADP. And I think that I think that could even go higher than that. I think this kid's extremely talented. So I'm looking forward to see what he could do with Joe Burrow. Uh, he was a top five overall pick in the NFL draft. And for me, he's a top two pick here uh, in rookie one QB draft. So I think that's sweet and simple. Uh, no other reason to uh, to overthink that one. So I'll go with Jamar Chase here at, uh, at the 102. At the 103, we got Memphis on the clock. Memphis, why don't you take it here from here, man? Well, for me, this is not tight end premium, and that would come into play if I were hurting at tight end. But in this simulation, I am not, and I am going to, uh, I'm going to shock the world. I am going to go with, if you're watching live, I made my pick. I don't know if you can see it yet on the screen. I went Javante Williams. I loved the trade up. That is commitment. Not only are we going to take you at the top of the second round, we're going to take you with better draft capital than Jonathan Taylor better draft capital than Miles Sanders. I don't care that he has Melvin Gordon in front of him. Having Marlon Mack didn't stop JT. Having Jordan Howard didn't stop Miles Sanders. It may take a little while eventually with an old stodgy head coach like Vic Fangio, but 
You know, I know a good part of the SmackDown listening audience is redraft players. Do not be afraid of him in your redraft drafts this summer. You know, he's the kind of guy that go back and look at some historical ADP on uh, Miles Sanders. By the time we got to the rookie draft last year, she'd be to redraft last year, JT had kind of uh, heated up, if you will. But I, I think you'll get Javante as a steal in redraft this year, and I love him. Uh, Pro Football Focus's highest rated running back on the board. And if I needed a tight end, I could have went in a different direction. But for me, I know it seems like a, a bit of a reach, but I will take Javante Williams. And I actually put this in practice earlier. I'm in a league with Kyle and Jerry, who's uh, too good, obviously, to spend time with us in this draft tonight. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. I'm not bitter. But I actually had the 103, and these two picks were the same in front of me. It was Harris and Chase, and I still uh, practiced what I preached when the uh, the bullets were live, if you will. So give me Javante Williams in Denver. All right, Tyler, you're on the clock. Before you make your pick, why don't you just tell us why Memphis is wrong, and then you can make your selection. Well, I, I, before I, I tell Memphis he's wrong, I, I have concerns over Melvin Gordon. Uh, I think that's just this year. But, I mean, he, he laid it out there. Um, I got no uh, issues with going to get your guy, uh, particularly, like, with the running backs that were left. So I'm not going to rip Memphis here. I'm actually going to thank uh, Memphis because, for me, there's a top three. There's a clear top three in one QB leagues. And after that, it gets a little shaky. So I was sitting here at four, like, who the hell am I going to take? Because it's got to be Harris, Chase. In pits going ahead of me didn't happen. You made it easy on me, Memphis. So thank you very much. I got to go with pit, with pits here. There's really not a ton that I can say uh, they haven't heard before. Highest drafted tight end in NFL history. First non QB drafted in this draft. Um, I, I think the Atlanta Falcons today just declined Hayden Hurst's fifth year option. Probably was obvious to folks, but another good sign. Dude's good. He's a unicorn. Easily the best tight end prospect since Vernon Davis. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I, you know, fakely need a tight end or not, but I just think that opportunities there. They didn't draft a running back. This team's going to be throwing the freaking rock. Uh, Pitts is a pretty easy 104 pick for, for me. So lock in Pitts, sir. All right. Well, we got a Falcons fan picking right after you here at the 105. Maybe you thought Pitts was going to be on the on the board for him, but uh, Jake, you're up, man. Yeah, I definitely I thought Pitts was going to fall there, uh, did not. But you know what? I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm going to go with Travis Etienne here. Um, I know a lot of people are worried that he's going to be splitting time now with James Robinson. And what is or, you know, uh, otherwise people are saying, oh, he's going to come in and he's going to just full on take over. I think it's more like uh, what we saw with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack last season where people were like, oh, you know, it's just Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor's in a whole nother elite class. He's going to come in. He's going to wipe him out of town. I think there is kind of a, a split carries, a, a split workload for a little while here. Maybe half the season isn't so productive as the second half. But um, in the long term here, I'm going to stick with the talent. I like Travis Etienne, uh, especially in, a, in, a, uh, in an offense led by Mr. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, a lot of reunions. Uh, you had a lot of receivers getting paired with their college quarterbacks, and Etienne only had to wait about – I don't know, two and a half hours to find out he was going to be playing with Trevor Lawrence still in Jacksonville. So Dallas, you've been nice and patient. You've been watching these five picks go off the board. Did anything jump out at you so far? And what are you thinking here at 106? Yeah, it's honestly pretty chalk with how it's going right now. Um, Pitts is going to go in the top four. It's 
going to be dependent on your team, whether or not you're taking them at three or taking them at four based off of how the draft is going to go. I would say at pick five is where things start getting really interesting. Um, I'm currently debating between three different players for my pick personally. Um, but as of what I would expect the first five picks to look like, this is what I'm expecting. Yeah. So, so who are you going with here at six then? So for me, the way that I'm looking at my picks in this draft specifically is going to be based off of what my team would look like if I'm drafting from this specific spot. Mm-hmm. So the three players I'm currently between right now are going to be Devonta Smith, my main guy, Rashad Bateman, who is still technically my wide receiver too, even post-draft because he went to Baltimore, or I'm really considering taking Trevor Lawrence based off of the draft position that I'm at right now. I know it's a one QB, but the way that I'm processing this, if you have one of the top six quarterbacks, usually it's a rushing based quarterback. That's a massive advantage, even in a one QB. And odds are, if you made the playoffs, you have one of those elite quarterbacks. If you didn't, you either had Dak Prescott on your team or you just don't have one. (laughs) Um, So that's basically what I'm looking at right now. Um, It's really hard for me to take Bateman with him landing in Baltimore. So I'm going to eliminate that one. I think I have to take Devonta Smith Um, in a one QB. I think it's a little bit too much of a reach to take Lawrence. Uh, I think positional wise, it would make sense specifically in this range. Six to eight is where I envision him going in most drafts, but I'm going to go with Devonta Smith. He lands, he's immediately the target hog for Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts is not really known for being a deep, accurate guy. And that's basically all Jalen Rager proved he could do with the collegiate level he didn't even really prove he could do it at the full nfl level last year um i think bringing in devonta smith is huge for the eagles offense in general um, with zach Ertz getting older it was kind of a shock he didn't end up actually getting moved during the draft at any point or even this offseason i think the offense is needing a consistent chain mover and that's exactly what devonta smith is not to mention that he is very capable of breaking those long plays and those long touchdowns just like jalen waddle he just doesn't have that top end speed um, but I am going to go with the more reliable target in Devonta Smith as opposed to any of the other game changers. Smith was definitely one of the most polarizing players, I think, coming into the draft. We all knew he was going to be first rounder, and then the Cowboys traded with their division rival. Uh, so as a Cowboys fan, I hope that Devonta Smith isn't that great. But uh, <laughs> for dynasty purposes, man, this is going to be a super interesting player, and I think that the landing spot, like you said, it, it should fit well and pair well with what Hertz can do as of right now, and he should be at the top of the board on that team as far as targets go. So uh, we got, well, so we're back at the 107 Again, six of us in the room here. So each of us are going to control two teams. They are going to be independent of one another. So Lou, you're, you have the 107. So what, what was your thoughts on Smith and then who are you taking here? Yeah, I like the Smith play. Definitely think if you picked anyone else there, I'd be taking Smith. Now it's a little more of a difficult decision for me. Cause I mean, I know a lot of people are pretty high on Bateman, but I don't really, I don't really love the spot, um, and just how often Baltimore likes to run the ball. But then the other option I'm looking at also could be a better spot too. But I, I still think I'm going to go with Waddle here. Um, you know, he's he's got a little previous repertoire with uh, Tua. And d- did you guys hear in? Um, I think I was listening to a, an interview he had earlier that. It made me feel a little worse about it, but he he said he preferred Mac Jones over to uh, a, <laughs> and so I was like, well, I was hoping he'd say the opposite because you know now he's he's with Tua, so it's like 
But um, yeah, I think it's the type of thing where I, I hope they can sort of grow together. And he's the type of uh, playmaker that I think w- could work well in uh, the two-a-led offense. So I'm going to go with Waddle here. All right. Well, I'm sitting here at the 108, and uh, like Memphis mentioned earlier, we were doing a draft similar uh, format to this, and Waddle was a guy that I actually really like. I think that, you know, the absolutely extremely high draft capital spent on him paired with his college quarterback in an offense. I think there's plenty of targets there. Obviously, they did add Will Fuller uh, this offseason, but it was a one-year contract. I think Waddle, he's my wide receiver, too. Uh, right now in this rookie class and to get him at the 107 is, is solid value. He went at the 108 in another draft I did today. So I think, you know, if realistically you could be a playoff team and add this guy to your roster. Um, but uh, yeah, so got sniped because I have the 108. So as I'm trying to drive all this home, I'm going to go with, man, and this one's tough because I think this is where the break is, is at the 107 in one quarterback leagues. And I'm going to go with a second-round wide receiver, even though there's some first-round draft capital still on the board with Bateman. I'm actually going to go with Elijah Moore. Uh, I think that you know early second-round pick paired with uh, new quarterback Wilson with with the Jets walks in. Plenty of targets available because, obviously, they added Corey Davis this offseason. He hit coming off a great year, cashed in. Um, good for him. Uh, but I, I still think that you know we didn't see Denzel Mims step up in his rookie year. He was a later second-round pick. And we've seen these guys at the at the top of the second round be able to get plugged in right away, offer some production. Uh, when you look back at uh, you know somebody like T. Higgins, a lot of people are excited still about Michael Pittman. Those guys were second round picks. I think Elijah Moore is somebody that could uh, have uh, a top you know a, a wide receiver two season right out of the gate. And while he doesn't have the upside of the previous three wide receivers that went in this rookie draft, I think he can be a solid contributor for your dynasty team. So. I'm going to go with Elijah Moore here at the 108. Um, I hate it because I feel, feel that's where the tear break is, but uh, Memphis, you have the 109. So uh, what's your thoughts on that pick, and, and what are you thinking here with your uh, with your second team's pick? Well, if you're here today and maybe weren't here yesterday on the Rookie Rundown, did a little solo show, and I did stock up, stock down on five different rookies. Elijah Moore was in my stock up. I think you'll see a guy like Jamison Crowder kick to the curb pretty quickly. And you'll see Corey Davis and Denzel Mims on the outside. Who's going to be the security blanket? I know he's not, and this is just my comparison from what little bit of film I've watched on these guys. But when I see Elijah Moore, the new offensive coordinator there in New York is Mike LaFleur, brother of Matt LaFleur, who coaches in Green Bay. And he's spent a lot of time with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. And I just kind of see a more athletic, although a little bit shorter, Cooper Cup is six foot two, Elijah Moore's five nine. But just imagine a guy with his athletic profile playing that Cooper Cup role for a guy like Zach Wilson. I, I think he's gonna be a steal. I like what he can do after the catch. That was a really good pick. So for oh, me, thanks. what's that? Oh, I, I, I said, I, oh I hate, thanks. I, I hate saying nice things about you. It hurts almost <laughs> as much as it hurts saying nice things about Jerry. Uh, for me, th- this is a, a complete tear break at the running back position. For me, it's Trey Sermon here at the the 109. Uh, I like the landing spot with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Kyle Shanahan seems to always have this junky backfield full of crumb bums and shoe clerks. And, you know, I think he'll be a nice one-two punch, though, with Raheem Mostert, who can never stay healthy. 
and I, I think we'll see good things. This class, we're going to see a lot of these names here in the next 14 picks, but I don't think you're going to see another running back on this level of Trey Sermon. So I like the Power 5 conference pedigree, whether it's Oklahoma or Ohio State, and I like the landing spot a bunch. So uh, I'm going to take Trey Sermon there at the 1.09. Yeah, that's a name that we weren't really maybe expecting to see in first rounds of rookie drafts a week ago, but the landing spot is obviously on a team that knows how to run the ball and get it done. It's just can he uh, break out of that running back by committee and be top dog there. So we're going to roll in to the 110. So Trey Sermon's off the board and over to Tyler. A great pick uh, there, Randy. I'm, I'm a big Trey Sermon guy. was going into the draft. I had him as my clear RB4, um, and I think everything went the way you want it to go. With Trey Sermon, um, he went to a, a good offense, and he went to a situation when he can uh, win outright. I'm not saying he's going to be a full bell cow, but the dude can easily take the starter job. There's really no one there to stop him from doing it. He's got the capital, and they traded up for him to do it, um, similar to you mentioned it with Javante Williams. The same you know, exact thing can be applied. Kyle Shanahan went just one step below banging on the table. <laughs> like he did for Joe Smith a few years ago. Had he banged on the table, he could have ample, he could have uh, leapt frogged into like the top half of this class. Uh, yeah, I know, I know he's nobody, but I'm pretty sure it was was it Joe Williams, right? I mean, I, I think that was him. It was, it was. But he might as well be Joe Smith because he was gone. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great pick. I love Trey Sermon. I think that, that those are the four running backs you want. The rest, I don't have much interest in whatsoever. Maybe there's some uh, the case can be made later in the second, but I digress. Um, for me, at, at this pick here, I believe the one ten. Um, it's Rashad Bateman, absolutely. Um, I know how Randy feels about him, and obviously, I just found out before the show how, how Dallas feels about him. But I'm definitely on on Dallas's side on this. Uh, Rashad Bateman, he he checks every single box you want in a alpha wide receiver. I mean, just go over a couple of them: the size, the BMI, the sophomore season, the early declare, the dominator rating, yards per route run. I mean, it, if even if you don't care about that stuff, you at least got to realize he checks every single box you want in an alpha wide receiver. The landing spot, probably one of the worst it could possibly be. But when I'm looking at my dynasty team and I'm looking at the rookies, talent and draft capital is forever, but situations change. And I understand that they're going to be a running football team, and they probably will be for a while. But at the end of the day, I trust his ability, his talent, and the draft capital for him to rise to the top. It might not happen in the first year, but at this point in time, if you're telling me I'm getting Rashad Bateman at wide receiver five, I'm jumping for joy. Uh, I, I think I would take him around – I would take him probably at six and feel pretty comfortable about him. So the fact that I got him at 110, uh, I'm extremely excited. This is Rashad Bateman, and I am elated. All right, there you go. So first-round draft <laughs> capital at the 10th pick overall. That's pretty solid. Uh, and, and the landing spot, like we've seen it before, where that influences players that fall down draft boards because of that. And you can benefit, you know, from that value. So back into the first round here. So we got two picks left in the first round, and it's over to Jake with the one eleven. Yeah, sitting here at uh, one eleven. So we're like what uh, five, six wide receivers deep, four running backs deep. Even though it's not super flex, I think I'm finally ready to pull the trigger here because everyone at this point seems like they're leaving a little bit of a gamble. There's other receivers here that I like. I like uh, I, I like Terrace Marshall. I like Amon Ross St. Brown, Rondale Moore. Uh, running backs, there's a big drop off for me, but I think I'm going to take this, you know, what everyone says is a sure thing here and go uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't think there's an enormous gap anymore between someone like Trevor Lawrence and someone like Trey Lance. Maybe there's a 
bit more of a gamble with uh, Trey Lance, but that landing spot is so nice. Either way, I'm at the spot right here where I just want to take the sure thing and uh, I'll lock in my QB1 if that's the case and take Trevor Lawrence. Well, Dallas had talked about him at his last pick at the 106. Again, independent teams here, but same manager. Uh, so he might have just taken his boy. But Dallas, what, what are you thinking here as we wrap up round one? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't going to let him get out of the first round because there's feasibly no way that Trevor Lawrence makes it out of the first round, regardless of whether or not it's a super flex or a one QB. Um, right now, I'm actually debating between a wide receiver and taking the second quarterback off the board. For me, um, it's the same aspect. Um, if I had just won the league, the way that my team's looking right now, I'm probably pretty solid. So I'm either going to go with an extremely high upside guy that got the draft capital, or I'm going to go with a quarterback that I believe in that also got the draft capital. So the two players I'm looking at right now are Kadarius Tony, who went to New York um, in the top 25 picks. Uh, Dave Gettleman traded back. We all know that he wanted to take Devonta Smith and was obviously hopped over by the Eagles in a little inner division weird kind of Mexican standoff. It was kind of a weird situation that was happening at 12 or I guess 11, 12 and 13, the entire draft. <laughs> but uh, for me, what I'm looking at with Tony is the shiftiness. He's going to be a extremely dangerous slot. They just let go of golden Tate this last year. Um, as of right now, all he has to compete with is Sterling Shepard um, who honestly needs to be playing on the outside. He does consistently better with his reps on the outside than he does in the slot. And now that they have a lot more weapons and hopefully a healthy Saquon, I think that he is possibly looking at some pretty good production this first year, but definitely in year two and year three. Um, but for me, it's going to be the shock of the draft. I don't care. I just made a trade in one of my dynasty leagues to make sure that I was getting this man. Um, I'm going to take Justin Fields at 12. Um, I believe in Justin Fields. He's been my QB two this entire process. Um, there's no question about it. Trey Lance has the same upside as Justin Fields, but Justin Fields has a much higher floor than what Trey Lance has. Um, yes, the situation is obviously better in San Francisco than Chicago right now. I'm a Bears fan. I see that. This may be a little bit of a bias pick too, but uh, it also doesn't help that I'm a Ohio State fan, but it's fine, guys. I'm making this pick soundly of mind, I promise. Um, but when I'm looking at Justin Fields, I'm looking at a guy who is going to be really pissed off now. If anyone looked at his post-draft press conferences, he's mad. He is very upset that he dropped to 11, and he's going to bring that tenacity along with our offensive lineman that we just brought in. You have A-Rob staying this year. If there's anything that could have made A-Rob to decide to stick with the Bears, it was Justin Fields coming in. And so hopefully he has a consistent target, even if he doesn't. Worst case scenario, they blow it up. In my thoughts, Joe Brady comes in as the head coach next year. If everything That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. Andy Dalton sticks around for most of the season. For some reason, they don't trust Justin Fields to come in. Nagy throws him in the last couple games. They don't finish with a winning record. Now that there's no ties with an 8-8 eight eight record, you're looking at some major changes. If I'm Chicago, I'm swinging for the fences with that next year. And then sign me up, Justin Fields, with Joe Brady for the next 10 years. Well, uh, a lot of people, other fellow Bears fans have, are still riding high probably after that Fields pick, and it's good to see that with that level head coming in here at 112, taking Fields, putting your money where your mouth is. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how he pans out as far as in these one QB drafts because there's some upside there. 
we all know the rushing production that he offers and first round draft capital on a team that does have an alpha weapon as of right now with Allen Robinson. So there's uh, your first round. I'll do a quick recap for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube. We go Najee, Chase, uh, Javante Williams, Kyle Pitts, Travis Etienne, and uh, Devontae Smith at 106, Jalen Waddell at 7, uh, Elijah Moore at 108, Sermon at 9, Bateman at 10, and then Lawrence and Fields, quarterbacks back-to-back to round out round one. We're kicking it back off here in round two with Lou, who again took Najee Harris at the start. So how are you feeling after a couple QBs just went off right in front of you? Yeah, I'd say I think Fields was on my short list at this spot. Um, I I do like the landing spot for him. I feel like this is maybe the most excited I've been for a QB draft class in Dynasty in, in the last few years. Um, so I'm excited to potentially have Fields on a team or two this year. Um, and maybe even in redraft, I'll end up with him and, and hope for that A-Rob stack. Um but for, for my second pick here, and I already got Najee, I, I'm going to end up going with uh, Rondell Moore. You know, he's he's another guy who I think the landing spot fit him well. Um, and in my mind, like, Larry Fitzgerald's got to be, got to be ending his career soon, right? And hopefully they start leaning off of him a little bit and you can see Rondell Moore learn from from Larry Fitzgerald, but um, I think he's fits that offense pretty well. And, um, you know, if we, if we end up seeing him in the slot, you know, he can work with, with Kirk as well. Um, and obviously Kyler Murray is great talent to have throwing you the ball. So Rondell Moore is my pick here. And he wears the same size jersey as Kyler Murray, so oh, yeah. they're going to right. have that bond. It's it's, it's going to be it's going to be real rough if the Cardinals uh, win the Super Bowl because Kyler Murray and Ronnie Moore aren't they're not tall enough to ride the rides at Disney World. So that's going to be a tough day, dude. And Kirk's not a big guy either. It, well, and I was going to say, uh, un- Uncle Cliff Kingsbury is the mayor of Munchkinland over there in Phoenix. <laughs> man. It. It's definitely and as some and as uh, somebody that had acquired because I rarely have first round picks and you know just getting off the scrap heap of um, you know Andy Isabella on too many rosters I'm just like all right you know am I doing this again but um, you know you have to love you know second round draft capital for more and an offense paired with a, a great quarterback and an alpha on the outside so it's going to be interesting he's another one of those guys that I kind of thought was polarizing just because. He had some question marks. Not every team was probably in on him, uh, but going here at the 201, I dig it. Uh, it leaves me my guy at the 102. Uh, this is a guy that I'm looking at towards the back half or the back of round one, early round two, if you have this pick. Um, it's Terrence Marshall uh, going to the Panthers. Robbie Anderson is probably going to be out of dodge after this year. There's plenty of targets to go around still with Curtis Samuel no longer there, and hopefully a quarterback that they can let uh, you know, chuck the ball a little bit with his uh, with his one remaining year apparently with the Carolina Panthers before he heads to Chicago. Marshall's paired back with Joe Brady um, in Carolina there, so I just think that he's somebody. Again, he went later in the second round. There are some other names that were maybe surprises to people that went ahead of him in the draft. But um, and while I would have liked it, maybe if he would have fallen just one more pick to New Orleans after looking at it and getting over that initial reaction, you know, I really like where Marshall's at landing with the Panthers and somewhere that I think he can see plenty of targets, even right out of the gate, um, running with with uh, with DJ Moore. So I'm going to go with Marshall there at the 102, and uh, Memphis will kick it back over to you. 
Well, well, first of all, I, w I want to comment a little bit on Lou's pick. First of all, mm -hmm. it's like Cliff Kingsbury has a checklist. Are you short? Yes. <laughs> are you fast? Also, yes. Are, are, are you willing to play in the slot? Also, yes. No, I, I, I like that pick a lot. You guys actually back-to-back -back sniped me. And uh, I had done my research on the Terrace Marshall pick. Robbie Anderson, unrestricted free agent after this season. And uh, I, that, that was, I had that pick locked in. I was like, just get by one more time. So I am going to pivot. Um, I actually have in my personal rankings, I have Michael Carter ahead of uh, the guy I'm getting ready to take. But I on this particular team, I drafted a running back last round. So I'm going to go wide receiver here, and I'm going to go Amari Rogers from the Green Bay Packers. He is someone that I was very high on coming into draft season, and I feel like he's the forgotten guy. He went at the 304 in a live Superflex uh, tight end premium league that I'm in today. I traded up to uh, the 301 to draft him, and I feel very, very confident about this. I know uh, Alan Lazard's still there, obviously King Money, Kyle's boy, Robert yeah. Tanyan, but this is still a high-volume offense, and I know there's a lot of stuff going on with Aaron Rodgers, but I can only... I can only uh, play him the way that I see him today. And even if Jordan Love were to play, again, I like this slot receiver in the LaFleur offense. I think he's more of a hindrance to Robert Tanyan than anyone. But uh, give me Amari Rodgers, man. And we've been waiting for Green Bay to pick a skill, you know, give Rodgers some weapons. They pick him, Amari Rodgers in the third round. And you're right, he's the forgotten man. If it wasn't for all this other noise and smoke going around Aaron Rodgers and that drama, uh, I think – Amari Rodgers would be even higher up people's draft boards, but now all of a sudden we have these hesitations with what that situation is going to look like. But um, I, I like the pick there. I think that's a, a guy that has definitely, you know, fallen off of the radar for some people, but I don't think he, sh he should. We talked about earlier with landing spot uh, and that situation potentially changing. Yes, it could. Um, it may not be for the better, but doesn't mean that it's, you know, he won't be a usable fancy asset. So I like that pick there, Memphis. So we got, we went, Back-to-back -back quarterbacks to finish round one, then three straight wide receivers, and then we're back to Tyler at the 204. And, Tyler, you took Kyle Pitts with your first pick here. So what are you thinking in round two? This is Trey Lance. Uh, it's pretty pretty simple for me right here. I don't have to think about this one all that hard. Um, you know, I definitely I play a lot of super flex, not a lot of one QB, to be honest, so i got to shift my mindset a bit. But I'm thinking, you know, if I'm in a one QB dynasty league, Right. And I'm looking at a quarterback. I'm shooting for upside. Right. And if and if it doesn't hit. All right. Well, then I'm starting what, like Matt Ryan or, or Matt Stafford, like big deal. Like I'm sure like I got quarterbacks to play. So why not just take a shot on a guy that we know has that upside? We know he can rush. He's a true dual threat. He's got a big arm. And more importantly, I believe in the organization. I actually have Trey Lance over Justin Fields. No disrespect to the Bears, but things are kind of a freaking mess. Um, so I, I believe in Shanahan. I believe in the offense. I believe what he's going to do with Trey Lance because he went up and got his guy. There's a lot of positive vibes flying through Trey Lance for me right now. And I like what I've seen. I know that he hasn't thrown a lot of passes or what have you. I don't care. The upside's there in a one QB league. I'm going to shoot my shot here because I believe Trey Lance has that upside to be a top three, top five quarterback in fantasy football. And, you know, if it doesn't pan out, I'm, I'm turning to, you know, a pro probably a pretty solid quarterback because I'm only having to start one. So Trey Lance here, uh, this was uh, one of the easier picks for me. All right, Jake, thoughts on, on, uh, on that pick, and then you had ETN at the 105, so you're sitting here in the second round at the 205. 
Yeah, what Tyler said was right on the money. You're shooting for, you know, best case scenario, you end up with Lamar Jackson in the second round of your rookie draft. You know, someone who's putting up that kind of caliber of points. And then worst case scenario, you know, you, you know, I, I feel like uh, Trey Lance has about 20 times more chance of finding success in the league than uh, than Rodgers does. No offense, Memphis. That was a great pick. <laughs> but um, but I love Trey Lance there. I don't think he should slip any further than that. My pick here, there's one more guy that I really, really like. And uh, I don't think this is really a reach here, even though given the not-so-great draft capital, I think a lot of people thought this guy was going to go on day two. But Amon Ross St. Brown, brother of Equinemius, we're hoping that he has a better, uh, better fantasy career. But um, it, this is all about opportunity for me. He didn't do anything great at his pro day. Again, the draft capital wasn't there. None of his stats jump off the stat sheet. But he's walking into a situation where, if I'm correct, the two wide receivers in Detroit or something like Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's bad, man. I'm a Lions fan, so I'm loving this pick. <laughs> I don't mean to cut you off here, man, but but I'm just saying, like, it, it, I'm glad that you at least know those guys because it's pretty brutal after that. Quintez Cephas and I don't even know. So I'm with you. I'll let you go, but I'm with you. No, absolutely. So, I mean, if right off the bat, if on day one here, he has a chance to be the most talented receiver arguably on uh, the depth chart then i'm all about that especially uh if, if this was going to be a seasonal type thing um i mean th this is a guy that we're talking you know we look at all these receivers that were taken and, th and there's a solid chance that amon ross st brown has a better rookie year i'd say a great chance that he has a better rookie year than guys like terrace marshall rondell moore uh rashad bateman elijah moore i think he could have a better year than all those guys so uh i really like that pick there in the second round amon Ra. There you go. And you even put the ESB in there. You, you took all the mouthful. And uh, <laughs> I, that's why I didn't pick him because I wasn't mentioning any of those names. So, uh, Dallas, we're back to you, man. At the, at the 206, uh, you got Smith in round one. So you went wide receiver. Uh, and a bunch of wide receivers just came off the board here. So what are you looking at at the 206? I'm looking at my guy. Uh, I got really nervous there with Jake sitting there. And he was like, I got one more guy in my tier. I was like, if you snipe me on Michael Carter, so help me God. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking Michael Carter. He, he's he been my guy this entire process. Um, I Even with as much news and as much hype as everyone has immediately following the draft, Michael Carter, for most people, was in the top six running backs for the ranking-wise pre-draft what was happening he landed in one of the three best spots that we wanted a running back to land in and no one's talking about him being a breakout from the get-go and i don't quite understand it um after the draft with the landing spot with the competition that he's going up against i moved him ahead of javante williams as my rb3 I had him at four going into the draft. He's my RB3 after landing spot. He is electric. He is a monster, and he is an NFL running back. Now, he went in. His biggest competition is what? LaMichael Pirine, who couldn't grab the job from Ty Johnson, who ended up getting shipped off halfway through the year. And then Josh Adams was taking carries from him as well. Like, if I'm sitting there, I'm not concerned at all if I'm drafting Michael Carter. If I can get Michael Carter halfway through the second round, I'm ecstatic. And so rounding out my team at pick six, if I leave with the Heisman winner from this last season in Devonta Smith and Michael Carter, who is my RB3 in the class, I'm doing backflips. And it was it was one of the few landing spots that we were talking about pre-draft that actually got filled. There are a few out there that didn't get addressed and fantasy owners are left. You know, I know that I was in a few leagues where 
all of a sudden the draft ends and, oh, what do you know? Mike Davis was just put on the trading block. You know, people trying to cash in on that. The Jets was – Yeah, Atlanta does where, not make sense at all. I don't no. know what they were doing. <laughs> it must be, you know, the Falcons, that whole organization, and all their fans, you know, who the hell really knows. Right, Jake? <laughs> all right, we got Carter off the board here at the 206. We're going back to the 107, which is Lou's second team. Uh, Lou, you took Jalen Waddle with the first pick for this one. So what do you got at the 207? Yeah, in this spot, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Zach Wilson. I feel like I mean, I know a lot of you guys are, are in the Zach Wilson fan club already, so I don't really have to, to get you too hyped on the pick, but I think uh, at the end of the day, he's the guy for the Jets. They wanted him. You know, Darnold's no longer there. And uh, in my mind, I think there's really only these four quarterbacks in this class that they can really get excited behind. Maybe Mac Jones, but I don't know. I, I think eh, he's what it, he's kind of meh. But um, I think if I can come out of this with a quarterback and uh, I can get a guy like Zach Wilson who looks like he could be um, in a pretty decent wide receiver core to throw to. And so, you know, he, there's a lot of young guys around there with him. So I think he could start, you know, maybe he gets a repertoire with, with Denzel Mims that, um, you know, we saw a little sparks here and there last year with him. So um, I, I like the spot for Zach Wilson. So I'm, I'm going to take him so I could get a QB and, and not have to worry about picking one up later. All right, four quarterbacks off the board now in the first 19 picks of this draft, even in a one QB league. So definitely some talent there uh, at the top, you know, of the NFL draft. And that's translating here to this rookie mock draft. Uh, but I'm I, there wasn't anybody I was super thrilled with because I'm back on the clock at the 208. I got Elijah Moore with my first pick for this team. And I was kind of afraid that the last guy that I was really considering without feeling like I was I've just, you know, missed the boat. Um, it's not a guy that I'm super excited about. I think it was, I forget who mentioned it earlier, so I apologize, but, uh, Kadarius Tony as first round draft capital 20th overall. to the giants, the other weapons there are not, uh, you know, very mesmerizing on the outside. Once you get past, uh, Galladay, obviously they have Barkley there, plenty of weapons there for our boy, uh, Dan Jones to prosper, hopefully, because I know a lot of us talk about him, I think on every damn show, but I'll go with Tony here in the second round. I feel like at this point, it's a it's a low risk pick. Uh, hopefully, there's some upside there, and and maybe the Giants, you know, pulled one over on the rest of the league. But I know he's a guy that for a first round draft capital wide receiver, you you're not really seeing that many first rounds in these rookie drafts. But I, I love him at 208, and I'll just stash him on my bench and see what happens. So, uh, Memphis, I know you're a big Dan Jones fan, obviously, and I just took a giant from you. So uh, you're back on the clock at the 209 after taking Trey Sermon. So what's your thoughts on how this is falling to you? Um, I know exactly who I was taking. I didn't think that you would snipe me. Um, I do like Kadarius Tony. I think I like him more than consensus. I think that they'll move someone. I mean, Sterling Shepard, what could have been? You know, so much talent coming out of Oklahoma, always hurt, just bad quarterback play. You know, Dan Jones last year, I, I think they were just starting to get in rhythm. But uh, you don't draft a guy in the first round and pay a guy. Kenny Galladay money to emphasize a guy like Sterling Shepard. So I like Kadarius Toney. For me, I'm going to take a tight end here. I'm going to go Pat Fryermuth. He was 55 off the board, and everybody should be taken. You know, if you're doing these 1QB leagues and, you know, these tight end premium leagues or, or super flex leagues, you should be leaving with at least one tight end just in case someone hits. 
They used the 55th overall pick on him. The guy in front of him is Mr. Butterfingers himself, Eric Ebron. And, I mean, he'll be on the team because it costs them more money to keep him. No, excuse me. It costs them more money to cut him than keep him. And rookie tight ends don't tend to break out huge in year one, even if their names are Kyle Pitts. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe you'll get lucky and get a Jeremy Shockey there. Or maybe I'll get a Jeremy Shockey here with uh, Pat Fryermuth. And I really like this this Pittsburgh offense going into 2022 because I can't wait to see what the – the offense looks like when they get rid of the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. You're going to have Deontay Johnson. You're going to have Juju. You're going to have Claypool. I guess Juju could technically be a free agent after his one-year deal. Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. And you could plug in a veteran QB. You could plug in a rookie from the 2022 class. And it's going to be uh, good stuff. So I think we'll look at Pittsburgh this time next year. That's part of the reason why I like Sam Darnold so much in Carolina. I mean, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Christian McCaffrey. The list goes on and on. So for that reason, I know I may have to stash him on my taxi for a year, but I'm cool with that, man. Pat Fryermuth, uh, draft capital and landing spot make him uh, worth, worth a shot. All right, over to the 210. We got Tyler back on the clock. He took Bateman with his first pick. And uh, so you just, you're just you following a tight end pick. What, what was your thoughts there? And, and what were you looking at with this selection? Farmer's fine. Uh, I wasn't going to take him, but I'm not hating on it. I mean, it's it, it, Ebr- I mean, as a Lions fan, again, to reiterate, I uh, don't have great feelings about Ebron. So I think that Farmer's is in, is in a good spot. Uh, I liked your Tony pick. Wanted to comment on it. Um you know, I think that I did not like him as a prospect whatsoever, but then seeing him go in the first round, like I'm a big draft capital guy. It's a huge part of my process. Seeing him go in the first round, I think it's more of a, an indictment of how they feel about Sterling Shepard and Slayton. And I think he's going to have a pretty, uh, I think I wouldn't be shocked if two years from now, it's like him and Galladay holding it down. So like the Tony pick, I think uh, we're a smart group of guys here because uh, I think he's uh, a little slept on at this point. So good pick there, sir. Uh, for me, this is tough. I, I I think one thing that I have been doing is if I'm in the late second, I'm doing what I can to trade up into the early second because I think there's a pretty big drop-off in terms of talent. Um, but here, I'm actually going to take a stab at Josh Palmer, Chargers. Uh, he got the draft capital that I wanted to see. He went day two. Mike Williams is a free agent next year. I don't think they have any uh, interest in re-signing him. And the reason why he didn't necessarily light it up in college is he's a big like deep ball dot guy. And that didn't really line up for things at Tennessee, but guess what? Uh, now he's got uh, Mr. Herbert, um, and he, he'll be he'll be with him for a while, and that is a good quarterback to be tied to uh, for the next three or four years. There's a I, you know I'm not worried about Guyton. Uh, I think he just kind of runs down the field uh, to distract in a sense. Like he's running a lot of routes, not getting a lot of targets. So I think there is a clear spot to be the number two wide receiver there. And Keenan Allen's not necessarily getting any younger. It's a good situation. Their offensive line's been shored up. Quarterbacks, borderline elite. I'm taking a shot on Josh Palmer. All right. Uh, and there's a name I know as a, as a novice draft follower that when the Chargers took him in round two, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Because there were so many names that were still on the board, but you can't deny the fact that he's paired with one of the up-and-coming quarterbacks. So you can get him in rookie drafts right now here, late second round. We got Jake back on the clock at the 211. He took Trevor Lawrence uh, with this pick last time around. So, Jake, what do you got, man? 
I think I'm going to steal one here. This is a oh, guy. Like, Mac Jones. All right, no, no, no. Listen, like you, <laughs> like you, Kyle, I'm also a, a novice rookie drafter. I don't watch a whole ton of college football or anything. So this guy only came up on my radar a couple of weeks ago. But Nico Collins getting drafted in the third round to the Houston Texans. This is going to be another guy now. Yeah, Dallas. I see you. I, I was coming for the full snipe on that one. Uh, like a Monroe, like a Monroe St. Brown. It's just going to be the situation that he's walking into. Um, Brandon Cooks being the only guy there, and I think Randall Cobb's the next man up on the depth chart. Uh, but without Will Fuller now in in Houston, assuming they get their quarterback situation figured out heading into this season, I mean, it should be wheels up for Nico Collins. He hasn't done anything crazy on the stat sheet either. I think his uh, highest yardage total uh, just over seven hundred yards, but. Uh, and again, I don't claim to be a film watcher or anything, but I can watch a highlight reel with the best of them. And this dude can ball. So uh, I, I like him for this year and I like him for Dynasty. And I especially like him at the end of the second round in a rookie draft, Nico Collins. An another victim of just a shit Michigan quarterback, man. It's a good sure. pick. <laughs> he joins the the esteemed group <laughs> of, of wide receivers who got crapped on it by Michigan quarterback play. And Collins, you know, it's it's always interesting because we always hear these names of these players that uh, what, once we know their landing spot, all of a sudden it's like, ooh, it's a little crowded there. That one wasn't ideal. And then you have spots like Houston uh, where we have a lot of quarterback questions, you know, potentially, but not a lot of bodies in that room that we're looking at from a fancy perspective. So Collins could walk into opportunity early on uh, with decent draft capital. So, Dallas, we're back to you, man. You've been playing Caboose for us tonight, so we appreciate you. You got the 212. You took fields with this team. Uh, so let's wrap it up. Final pick of this mock. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to touch on Nico Collins a little bit. Um, I was obviously going to take him there. He's one of the few big-body wide receivers that are in this year's rookie class. He's 6'4", 215. Um, as Jake contributed to, he didn't have a lot of production. That was definitely too due to the Michigan quarterback. Um, but specifically, when I look at Nico, he is going into a situation where the Houston Texans Texans did not have an early pick. Their first draft pick, they selected Davis Mills with their second draft pick when their defense is in complete shambles per usual. They didn't go defense. They went with Nico Collins as their second draft pick in the third round. So that shows in their eyes, draft capital. It may be a third round pick to us, but it is the second draft pick that they had. In a similar capacity, I'm not taking him. I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. Sage Surratt going to the Seahawks. Second round pick, the first pick that the Seahawks had, they used on a wide receiver. That tells me he's going to be used. Um, but I said it at the beginning of the draft, if I'm at the 12 spot, I'm drafting as if I just won the championship. Okay, I'm looking at the board right now. This isn't a super flex mock draft that we're doing right now, but all the wide receivers, all the running backs that are on here, you can't prove to me or make me think that I'm getting instant production from them in year one or that I'm going to get long-term value from them in year one. So I understand this is a one quarterback, but I'm going Mac Jones. I'm getting Justin Fields and Mac Jones at the 12. I'm loading up at the quarterback position and someone's going to trade me for Mac Jones at some point, or someone is going to trade me for Justin Fields. And if they don't, I have two solid quarterbacks that if I'm rocking an Aaron Rodgers, I immediately have his two replacements in two to three years. Um, it's 
kind of weird doing this. I didn't expect to do this. I didn't expect Jake to take Nico Collins there, but it's just what makes the most sense. You're getting the most value out of the quarterback position by taking Mac Jones, as opposed to taking a flyer on a guy like Sage Sherratt or even Diame Brown, who the Washington Redskins started out with kind of a barren wide receiver core, but now they've got a lot of mouths to feed with Ryan Fitzpatrick there. And that may be a pick that would have made a little bit more sense. But for me, if I just won the championship, give me Fields and Mac Jones, I'll play the trade market to get the piece that I would have taken at 12. All right, there you go. Mac Jones, the fifth quarterback off the board in this two-round one QB rookie mock draft here. The second round went Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall, Amari Rogers, three wide receivers taken, then Trey Lance at the 204. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown at the fifth pick of the second round to Jake. Michael Carter, Zach Wilson, Kadarius Tony, the Fry, the Fryerman, Pat Fryermuth going to Memphis at the 209. Josh Palmer, Nico Collins, and then Mac Jones rounded out round 10. So uh, before we sign off today, I want to throw it out there if you guys have anything, but I'll, I'll start just looking for any advice that you can give people right now as they're entering the rookie drafts. I know a lot of people have started already. Some people, you know, try to spread them out. Uh, you know, and and spread out the joy, right? I know a lot of people have a ton going on at once, but I know I had a few leagues where like, all right, let's kick it out a week or two. So that way everything else is kind of wrapped up and uh, we can still knock this thing out in May, but kind of spread out this rookie draft season. So I, I think the one thing that I would offer as advice for, uh, you know, I think uh, it was Dallas who just mentioned, um, but, you know, moving up uh, in the draft, or sorry, it might've been Tyler. I, I, am, <laughs> I forgot who mentioned, but moving up from the late, second in into the early second if you can there's definitely a teardrop there and i and i would say the same thing for round one like when i took more at the 108 i don't really love you can go sermon there you can go more but i definitely think there's a teardrop there after uh the alabama wide receivers uh for me so if you're sitting there with those picks right now and you haven't uh, started your rookie draft yet and people aren't realizing where these players are falling map out you know what what players you like where those tiers are for you and try to you know try to see how what it would cost you to get uh up a little bit if you're just sitting outside that those tiers because man it makes a big difference and it's harder and harder to move up once that draft starts a lot of times because people want to make that selection they want to call the name you know, or they realize, oh boy, I don't want to scoot back those three picks because I'm not going to get who I like. So, uh, I'll, I'll kick it to the rest of the room here before we uh, get moving. But uh, any any advice here for early rookie drafters? Uh, just for me, as someone who's consuming content about fantasy football in May, you're ahead of the game, and if you can inspire your league to kick off their draft early, it favors you. Because, you know, what they say, chance favors the prepared mind. And the closer you get to rookie camp, the closer you get to training camp, the more information. Because Dynasty Fantasy Football is a lot like the stock market, a lot like poker. It's all incomplete information. And as the information becomes more complete, you lose value. So the fact that you're here now studying, taking notes, you know, knowing who the players are, this information, like the Amari Rogers, you know, the, the Aaron Rodgers situation gets taken care of. His value goes up. People realize that Amon Ross St. Brown is literally the only wide receiver on the Lions worth rostering in Dynasty. Sorry, Tyler. But as more and more of this information becomes public knowledge, it, it just it will drive prices up. So it favors you. And if you just aren't in love, if you have a good roster, dude, just punt. Just bump to next year. Take like a like a late second and someone's 20, 22 first, and just give them that 109 or 110. Let them pull the trigger 
on that pick and just kick that can down the road, maybe take a dart throw on a late second this year and just put that extra first in your pocket. So uh, that would be my best advice for these people. And, and I just want to go, go off of that. Um, there is no better time to trade your pick than when your pick is on the clock. That is oh, when yeah. it holds the most value. I know you're going to be tempted. There's a lot of hype going on right now. You, you can't even like scroll through Twitter without people hyping up some of these rookies, their landing spots. But at the end of the day, some of these dudes are going to bust. It's not a for sure thing. And if you can get some future value because you're on the clock and someone's itching to move up, like sometimes you just got to take it. It might not seem like the best move at that time because you want to get this guy in your roster. You've been hearing everybody talk about him for months. But at the end of the day, your pick is worth the most when you are on the clock. And if somebody's coming at you to move back seven or eight slots and giving you a future first, you got to take it. You you turning your current picks into future value is a way to build championship rosters. So uh, the, the the patience, uh, the diamond hands, as they say, um, is going to be key. Um, something I struggle to do, but I have to remind myself, and something that uh, I know the best the best dynasty players that I know have that outlook. Yeah, I think kind of the where we're coming from with like the DFS side of things, it's sort of the opposite of what Memphis was saying is we're, we're waiting until the last minute when we have complete and full information as, as much as we can. So now is when you're taking a lot more chances. And it's something that, that Dallas said during the draft too, where, you know, you're taking a guy, but any of the guys that got taken before him, like we don't know, we still don't know what the situation is going to be. They haven't gone through camp. They haven't done any preseason, anything. So as each preseason week goes on, you're getting more information. I have a draft that we always draft after the third preseason week. And that's because people want more information. So um, it's definitely an advantage to be able to have a, a smart draft this early in the year. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys sharing, sharing, sharing thoughts there and, and coming on here. Uh, any, anything else before we, uh, we, I'll shoot it around one more time, but any, any final thoughts? Yeah. My biggest thing when it comes to drafting is assessing your roster versus teams that have similar needs. So we've been talking about trading up and trading down particularly. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in one of my super flexes that I just traded up in, um, I moved from the 110 to the 103. It was seems like a big jump, but it took Josh Jacobs to make the move. Um, so in that league that I made that trade up in, I had to assess the other teams that needed quarterback and the teams basically in front of that position that I knew would not be taking quarterback. So the 102 position where I could have secured the guy that I'm going for um, – Fields, if you guys are curious. Shocker, right? <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but the 102 position in that particular draft was set at quarterback. He had Joe Burrow and Josh Allen as his QB1, QB2, and then I believe another middling quarterback as his quarterback three. He has Jamal Williams as his RB1 on his team right now. He is taking Najee Harris at 102. There's no logical way he can do anything other than that. And I had a conversation with him after I made the trade just to reassure myself that that was what he was doing. Um, but I made the trade being comfortable with either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. But you just need to assess the other team's rosters when you're making moves up and down to really finely minute, like pick out the point where you need to get to in drafts, just like the actual NFL teams did. That's what we saw with the trade up with Denver because they knew they had to get in front of Miami by going 
to Atlanta's pick. It's what made sense and it's what ended up happening. It's just something you guys have to assess when you're trading up and down in the draft. There you go. Well, boys, I want to thank you guys all for coming on. Uh, it's been, it's whenever you have a full room like this, it can be tough because a lot, you want to share a lot, a lot, a lot of opinions, uh, and especially this time of year when we're all hyped uh, for, for doing these rookies uh, drafts. But I really wanted to have as many of you on as possible for this, uh, just a two rounder here, but I think we covered a ton, gave a lot of insights and hopefully people are better prepared. I know for me, I know started some drafts and we're just still, you know, kicking around, you know, round one. So those round two insights that we shared today should hopefully be helpful for everybody. Uh, let's go around the room one more time. You just uh, share where people can follow you, what you're working on right now and and uh, what, what what's in store for you in 2021. So Tyler, we'll just go in order again. So I don't get confused. We'll kick it off. What do you got, man? Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at FF Tyler. O. always just dropping some stuff on there. Um, got some redraft stuff coming in the next couple months. And then the big thing is, uh, Lou and I are kicking off some DFS uh, for the Dynasty Warzone Network. It's, obviously, there's no DFS to be played right now, so it's a little dormant. But, like, we're going to be running. I'm okay, but Lou Dog, Lou Dog's the man at the DFS. You want to listen to Lou Dog when it comes to DFS because he gets you money. With that said, <laughs> Lou Dog. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm excited to, to talk DFS again with you in just a few months here, maybe we'll get something going for preseason. I haven't done oh, yeah. as much preseason stuff, but um, you know, maybe maybe you'll be able to hype me up to get into that uh, while we're. I mean, there there are really other sports going on then to distract me, not like NBA or something. But uh, yeah, and before then, I'm sure we'll do stuff with with redraft and and some other like best ball stuff. Um, that's something that I know uh, Ty and I are, are pretty into. So maybe it'll be a little best ball in, before DFS, uh, the in-between. But um, yeah, at Ludog Sports is my Twitter. Awesome, man. And looking forward to hearing you guys back and getting at it. Dallas, this is the first time we've shared a mic, man, but I've really enjoyed what you and Memphis have been doing so far this offseason. So uh, what, what are you up to as we head into 2021? Yeah, so uh, as he's alluded to a couple of times, I'm very busy with school. I'm on my last semester right now, so I've been – kind of pounding the books as of late, um, but only got two weeks left till graduation. So uh, I will have quite a bit more free time going into the summer, which I'm looking forward to. Um, specifically, there's a couple of different segments I'm going to be rolling out here pretty soon with the rookie rundown. Um, we're going to be doing positional comparisons, specifically uh, my version of the Oklahoma drill, looking at players that fit the same profile going up against each other as rookies who has the most production based off of situations, stats, what we're looking for. Um, as well as that, um, I'm just looking to really get nitty gritty into both last year's class as a comparison, just kind of to see what we're looking at, as well as honestly start diving into more of the team situation stuff that's going on right now. Yeah, I am Baker. Yeah, that's a good comparison. <laughs> for anyone anyone not watching I'm, right I'm now. Just, I just flipped that on. That's incredible. That's absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, that's got to be Andrew, right? Yeah. A, a side by side of Baker Mayfield in a white headband, which is the color that I'm rocking right now. And it's pretty uncanny. And I'll send you guys a, a photo in the uh, group chat here after this. But my friends have pointed it out. When I actually grow the beard, look a little bit too much like Baker for my comfortability. But it's all right. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm just looking forward to um, the season to start. Honestly, I'm looking forward to get through my drafts. For some reason, a bunch got pushed back a couple of weeks. People were unsure about the draft. They wanted to look at prospects a little bit more. I was like, all right, we had this scheduled like six months ago. Why aren't we doing this? But, uh, yeah, no, it's going to be fun. I'm ready to talk rookies with anyone at any time. And you can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. Awesome. And, of course, 
Memphis, what do we got coming up on the war zone, buddy? Well, we got a lot coming on, but, but before I get into that, I want to thank all of you guys because I couldn't be more proud to share what we do here. When we, for years, when we sign off at the DWZ, it's always been, we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. And now thanks to you guys, whether it's redraft or daily or rookies, that's, that's really even more true than ever. Uh, I'm busting Jerry's balls because he's not here, but he does have to work for a living. And uh, Dr. Kyle is uh, on gallivanting on one of his many vacations, but I couldn't be prouder of what we're doing here. And that's why you need to subscribe everywhere because this group has got a lot of big stuff in store. Was going to do a super flex mock draft tomorrow night on the war zone, but I think we're going to continue the, uh, we did the five guys stock up, five rookies stock down on the rookie rundown on Sunday. We're going to do the veteran version of that on the Dynasty War Zone because I want to get together a crew much like this one. And the following Wednesday, we will do a Superflex tight end premium mock draft. We'll get as many of you gents in there as possible with Jerry and myself, and uh, we'll chop it up then. But uh, thank you so much for having me on, and a great job hosting the mock, Mr. Kyle. I was going to say, I appreciate Jake letting me host this thing, trying to steer this ship. I butchered the living hell out of the intro so I'll, I'll try not to do that to the outro as well but uh i i've let this go on far too long jake i want to issue my public apology right here on the podcast i gave you absolute crap for you keep talking about all these first round running backs the nfl draft and uh it happens and i had to eat crow so uh you're a much wiser man than me mr jake rib apology accepted that's all i have to say <laughs> Awesome. Well, with that, I'm going to sign off. I'm not even going to do outro music because only God knows how that'll pan out. But if you're watching on YouTube, you got to enjoy the benefits of all these windows being open on my slow ass 1992 Mac or whatever the hell is happening here because you got to see the draft board. So that's one of the benefits, many benefits of being subscribed with those notifications on on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to the Dynasty War Zone wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can get not just the Fantasy Football Smackdown, but all these other great podcasts throughout the year. Until then, guys, Jake and I will be back at it next week. Memphis and the boys killing it tomorrow night as well. We will catch you guys later.